I spotted a very interesting story about a woman in my favourite place in the whole world, in Orlando and Florida. And, uh, oh, pardon me, I do apologise. About a parent in Orlando in Florida. And this parent has decided to bring their baby up as a baby. Uh, not a baby, but a baby, spelled T-H-E-Y-B-Y, uh, which is gender neutral. And it has me intrigued because, as you know, I, I'm not adverse to using all these new pronouns. I'm a bit of a stick in the mud, a bit old school, conservative. And I'm trying to get my head around it. So to join me on the line is that parent. Uh, Ari Dennis uh, joins me on the line. Ari, good afternoon or good evening to you. Hello, thank you for having me. Afternoon time in Orlando, I assume. So, uh, <laughs> Yes, evening. Yes, All right. my, by the way, can I mention my favourite place in the whole world? I've been there 26 times. I just love the place. I lo- and I would recommend Wonderful. everybody to go to Orlando at some point in their lives. But, Ari, even at the introduction you heard me there, I used the word mother. It's very yeah. difficult for an old stick in the mud at 55 years of age and a conservative like me to understand or get my head around this idea of new pronouns, new way of thinking, um, that this idea that somehow gender is socially constructed in some way. Do you believe it's a social construct? It, has it been constructed by us as human beings? Or do you not think it's directly linked to the sex of the child? Uh, well, the thing is, uh, I think that the conversation about what the origins of gender is, is, is maybe outside of my league. Um, I think it's a great conversation to have, but I think that we don't have definitive answers about what the origin of gender is. What we do understand is that gender is more complex than the general Western society acknowledges, creating this binary of male and female. Men have penises, women have vulvas, and there's no acknowledgement of anything else. When in reality, gender globally and throughout history has been more complex than that. Is it a bit more so, than that, Ari? When you say that men have penises and women have vaginas or vulvas, is it a bit more than that? Our DNA makeup, the way we think, the way we feel, scientists have worked for years to define the fact that women and men are inherently very different. Now, there are men who are quite feminine. Oh, yes. There are women who are quite much, masculine. Much research, uh, much, research, much research has gone into that exact uh, line of questioning for, I mean, I would say through all of human history, definitely modern science. And results are inconsistent, results are inconclusive, and results are well, deeply not. culturally I mean, influenced. Ari, you know, generally I mean, you speaking, as a man... studies, or are you just reading, you know, headlines no, on a no, no, article? No, 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 but I mean, as a man, my, just my own observations, uh, men are generally... Your own observations are not the established I understand dialogue. that. But, but as men, aren't we physically, generally... No, I'm quite small, actually. I'm probably smaller than you. But men generally are physically bigger, stronger, faster than women. Women are generally, I suppose, they're built differently, they're shaped differently generally. Now, it doesn't, it doesn't I mean, obviously there's variations of that, but generally we do look different, we appear different, uh, women have breasts, you know, th- there's more to it than just being born with a penis and a vagina. Isn't there oh, a yeah. bit more Secondary to it? Secondary sex characteristics such as breasts, uh, facial hair, height, uh, physical strength, all Voice, of those uh, yeah. secondary characteristics do have associations with men and women, but are not exclusive. There are women who are cisgender who grow facial hair. There are women who are cisgender who are amazing athletes and outperform cisgendered men regularly. Yes, obviously there are majority, but the existence of this, the variance that is involved is, is definite. And okay. my whole point is just wanting my child to get to experience and explore gender without the bias and prejudice 
of general society. I'm not assuming what their gender is going to be. I'm just trying to create a space without stereotypes and assumptions like the ones that you just listed. Okay, but when you talk about bias and you talk about maybe discrimination in relation to the different genders, that happens on both sides. I mean, we've talked to in the past about gender pay gaps and equal pay gaps and all sorts of carry on. And then, of course, men don't get a good deal sometimes in family law when it comes to divorce and separation. So there's privileges to be both being men and women in society. And I believe that both can be discriminated against equally in a lot of cases, particularly in a modern world. But when Sparrow was born, I, I know you, you're not au fait with people asking you whether Sparrow was born a boy or a girl, physically were born a boy or a girl. I'm not talking about the, the child's gender, but physically born a boy or a girl, as we would normally recognize it. You, you don't want to elaborate on that. Well, yes, uh, I don't feel that telling you what my child's genitals looks like uh, is is normal or healthy. I don't. But think I haven't asked you about, about their genitals. Genital, genitals in general really matter. No, I'm just asking you, I mean, normally when a mother gets pregnant, it's a case of, you know, if they don't already know, which a lot of them do nowadays during a scan, you know, that's a big surprise on the day and they're quite excited. Oh, it's a baby boy. And they're very excited about that. And as parents, then we have a duty to raise that child in the way we believe is best because, of course, they can't raise themselves. So we have a duty to raise them as little, with as little as confusion as possible. Is, is that not our job as a parent? Well, I don't think that raising them, understanding that gender has more than two options and that they get to decide is necessarily going to raise confusion. I think that there are a lot of people of different gender identities, cis and trans, that uh, experience a lot of stress as children trying to identify themselves or trying to perform to a standard. You know, young girls question themselves, am I girly enough? Am I feminine enough? Am I beautiful enough? Am I pretty enough? Boys worry, am I, am I strong? Am I respected? Am I, you know, th- there's a lot of toxic training that goes that's into not perpetuating toxic. the stereotype. But because we had this conversation last night, myself and Ashley, my producer, who was on air with me last night, and we talked about th- this notion of toxic masculinity. And she said, well, from what she knows from her friends and her colleagues, that most women want a masculine man. Now, there are feminine men and there are women who are quite happy with that and prefer that maybe as well. But she said, there's nothing wrong with masculinity. Are we trying to do away with masculinity and femininity? Oh, I don't think that, uh, I think that would not be my goals personally. I think expressions of masculinity and femininity are important. I believe that a man who feels empowered chopping wood and you know, rock climbing. <laughs> Bear-topped, uh, out in the forest, so chopping wood. That's, that's what my father would have been doing, all right, but I don't think that's what we do nowadays. But let me, let me get to your personal relationship, if you don't mind, and if there's any question you don't want to answer, you feel welcome. And by the way, just from the very outset, because people know my form on this, you know, I don't honestly respect the whole idea of this, but I respect you for coming on the show, and for that I will have respect for you and your views. But, but in relation to, to your relationship, um, you're in a relationship with two other adults. Um, I am. Yeah, you're married to one of those, and does the person you're married to, um, d- d- that's Bren, is Bren a woman or a man or non-gender, non, non-binary? Uh, my, my wife is a woman. So your wife is a woman. Now, and I, don't take this as an insult or anything like that. Does that make you lesbian or does it make, or does it make you heterosexual? What does that make you? Because yeah. I'm confused. That's genuinely. a re- reasonable question. I identify as queer. Right, okay. And your other partner, who you wouldn't be legally married to, because I don't think there's anywhere in the United States where you can legally marry two people. No, no, that's not legal to marry two people. You would, I'm assuming, if you could. 
Uh, I don't know. I haven't had okay. that conversation. I hope Luna's not listening. Okay, so Luna is non-binary. Yes. So, and I looked at the picture. So Luna is Luna. Luna is the person with the beard. No. In the photograph. Luna is uh, Luna is uh, in the photograph. If you're looking at the ones uh, that I believe were uh, on the Good Morning Britain, uh, Luna is the one in plaid. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. So, was Luna? Is it okay to ask? Was Luna born a man or a woman? Uh, Luna, I assume, was born non-binary. Luna was born. You can't be born non-binary. Okay, but but is it fair to ask when when Luna was born? Did the sex identify her as a boy or a girl? Oh, well, I mean, I don't feel comfortable talking about my partner's genitalia. But, I mean, if really we're talking about what Luna was born as, Luna was born antigender, just like Sparrow is. Young children at the age that Sparrow is, or as a newborn, don't have the brain capacity to conceptualize or understand gender. It's just not there. It's like asking well, of a baby. Of course not. It's, it's our duty, isn't it? They don't I mean, have one. No, a so baby, babies don't understand anything, really. one before yeah. they're ready. Well, I mean, baby. Yeah, my whole point is to acknowledge that children don't have a concept of gender and to not give them one before they can understand what it is that they're being given. But you could also argue that children don't have a concept of paying a mortgage. Children don't have a concept of driving a car. Children don't have the concept of how they get to and from school. But that's their okay. job as a parent to do that for them and to make those decisions for them. I feel that gender I, I, is something that is very personal and not necessary for a child to navigate the first early years of life. I think that it would be like me forcing any hobby or interest or clothing style or, or, or any sort of thing that is totally optional and not necessary to function as a child, like forcing that on them for no reason, uh, just because I want to well, make it's a projection. No it's not for no reason. I mean, when my son, I have three children, I'm, I'm proud to say I have two boys and a girl, and when my son, he's 22, when he was a young boy, at four or five, I got him interested in computers, and he used to help me, you know, put programs together, fixing computers. He now um, designs apps. Um, he's doing very well in his very first job, and he's getting a good salary and everything else. So I felt that I guided him towards that. Now, I could have guided him towards something else, but it's my job as a parent to guide my children. And, I, and I'm, I'm not being flippant when I say this, and I've said it before. When I was nine, I wanted to be the Hulk. Yeah, but my father didn't inject me with steroids and paint me green. So in other words, my father knew, you can't be the Hulk. You can't be Superman. You're not Spider-Man. You're not any of those things. You're a little boy, and it's my job to make sure I guide you through life until you get to such a point. And I have no problem with transgender people who want to you know, change their gender when they're 16 or 17 years of age. That's fine. That's their business. But until they get to that point, is that not our job? I mean, you have a daughter. She's eight now. She originally well, was they, non-binary, they are, and now she's not. Demi, they, are, they are a demi-child. They identify as a demi-girl. Uh, they, so, yeah, they, they use they them. A demi-girl? Yeah, that's, what? that's what they identify as. And what's a demi-girl? Uh, for them, they identify as non-binary, but still enjoy language that's associated with femininity and girlhood. Can we not just say they're a girl? Can we not just say they're a girl? Like I had a woman on the on the air here going back a while ago, not unsimilar to yourself, uh, but but didn't identify personally herself as non-binary, but understood the whole thing, and she referred to me as a cis man. I said, "I'm not a cis man," and she said, "Yes, you are." I said, "I'm not. I'm just a man. I'm quite happy to be just a man. I don't want you to use a special new noun in the English language for me." So, would you refer to me as a cis man or just a man? Well. I think that the language you use to identify yourself is valuable. Uh, so I wouldn't try to label you against your will, but I would say that 
cisgender or being a cis man indicates that you were born and given the identity of a boy at birth, uh, uh, that you have a penis, presumably, and that people looking at your penis told you you were a boy from childhood. If that was not your experience, then no, you would not be cis. But if you did have that experience, the term cis is the way we refer to having lived that experience. Okay, let me get to your daughter. She, she's eight years of age now. Um, yes. And when she was born, you identified her as a girl. Did you? Well, I did assign binary pronouns uh, based on Hazel's genitalia, but I'm not comfortable saying what those pronouns were or discussing their genitalia. But now she identifies, what, what is she identifying as now? They identify as a, a demigirl, uh, but they also use the word transgender to describe themselves. Your eight-year-old? Yes. And is that... <laughs> I, I'm sorry, and I, I do apologize because I'm trying to get my head around this, right? So sure. for a four-year-old or an eight-year-old to make those life-changing decisions, and I know you struggled a bit at the age when she was four because she changed, or sorry, they changed their name um, to Hazel, uh, but there was a couple of other names used in between. You kind of tested out a few different names at four years of age, obviously, you know, with their permission and with the, whatever they want, they like themselves as well. But in saying that, is that not a huge decision to be allowing four and eight-year-olds to make, which basically is going to direct the rest of their lives? As, at this point, Hazel's gender has not really impacted the course of their life. Their schoolmates uh, respect them and interact with them exactly the way they did before Hazel came out. Uh, Hazel's school teachers uh, interact with them the same way. They are excelling uh, in the gifted program at their school. They participate in a gymnastics class and uh, are get along with their peers and coaches. The fact that they use they, them pronouns has not influenced us dramatically to this point. And what happens when the school says, for example, they're having events or sports events and they go, okay, uh, everybody for the girls team over this side, boys team over this side, you know, as they would normally do or say the gymnastics event, they might have a girls event and a boys event. Where, where does that fit in with Hazel? What, what's Hazel going to do? Does Hazel say, well, I can't enter either because I'm neither? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, so Hazel School it, it does not separate by gender that way. They do other ways of grouping people because they don't want to perpetuate you know, on discomfort or, 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 or perpetuate gender stereotypes. And so that's not a problem at school. But is that not, is that not unfair? Areas. Is that not unfair? Because by nature, if we look at the records in athletics around the world, men perform better than women, you know, in world records. Now, I'm not, well, there, are, we, there are some that, women who are better. I would say at a, at a grade school field day, who's performing better isn't the point. But is it not a bit unfair when you've got, and I read last week in Washington, I think it was, that two transgenders won some particular athletics 100-meter sprint that normally would have been won by the person who came third, who had normally set the world record. And I feel that young girls are aspiring to be something, say, in athletics, and, you know, training all their lives, only to be beaten by a man who is identifying as a woman. So, because generally speaking, as I said, men hold faster records in these types of events. Well, I would say that currently the evidence seems to be that if a transgender woman is on hormone therapy for a few years, almost all of the uh, benefits in muscle density and in strength are removed. And they test pretty much uh, on par with their cisgender 
peer athlete. But I don't think that's a qualification that they have to be on hormone treatment. I could literally just identify as a woman and enter a woman's race because that's the way the world has become now. We're afraid to upset anybody and say, no, you can't. I believe believe that making hormone treatment a requirement to perform in athletics is inappropriate. I agree. Um, And in relation to to Sparrow, let me get back to Sparrow if I can. I I mean... I saw a picture of Sparrow and, and a beautiful uh, baby, as you as you call it. What, what well, is the, what I, is the I, issue I with the word clarify, baby? I do want to clarify. We don't use the word baby regularly. Right. It's a joke. It's a it's a catchphrase. It's like a cute little term that we maybe use. Uh, oh well, is your what, what what is it a boy or a girl? Oh, you know, we're raising them gender neutral. It was, was what we would say more likely. We wouldn't say. Where's the baby? They need breakfast. We don't use it to replace the word baby. Okay, so you don't have an issue with the word baby. No, I love the word baby. I use it probably a hundred times a day to refer to my child. Okay. Uh, The media has gotten confused and perpetuated this notion that I'm trying to replace the word and I am not. And in relation to your older daughter, Hazel, how does she refer to her little uh, they? They refer to Sparrow as uh, their baby sibling their baby sibling but that would get complicated as life goes on doesn't it because at some point it's di- like it's difficult for me to even have this interview with you because I'm used to the English language and for me you know the word they is a plural word you know and it's kind of difficult to refer to a person or a singular person as a they well I did a interview recently with a Brazilian uh, journalist and we had a long conversation about how to refer to myself and Sparrow because in Portuguese, there is no neutral pronoun. Even their plural pronoun that would equate to they is masculine and feminine. And so we had to come up with new ways to navigate that in Portuguese. And are you but genuinely we insulted by that? Are you insulted? Like at the start of the show, you know, just out of habit, I suppose, I introduced you, I said, a woman, right? Is that insulting to you? It's. I don't take it personally. I realize that people are exposed to this world of gender diversity uh, as a new thing. It's not new, but I know it's new to you, and I don't take it as a direct insult. My expectation is that people, when talking to me or about me, will do their personal best, but I don't get irate uh, the second someone messes up like you did earlier. <laughs> but are we, are we trying to change? I mean... What, what was wrong with the world we lived in, with the exception of people who were born intersex, for example? I mean, what was wrong with the world that we lived in, where we, you know, we had boys and girls and men and women? I mean, what was wrong with that world? Is, that, is it, Was there something inherently wrong with that for you? Uh, well, for me, I was forced into an identity and role that did not make me happy. I did not live a full and rich childhood, and I did not have a teenhood that was uh, emotionally fulfilling because I was told I had to behave or perform a certain way in life. And I was raised by liberal parents who were very accepting. I can only assume it's worse uh, in conservative environments. Would you accept that your lifestyle is unconventional? unconventional? Would you accept that? I believe that it, I don't think everyone uh, is going to find what I do to be what's best for their family. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm asking you a question. Would you accept that your lifestyle, in particular, the fact that you have two partners, um, you have children who don't identify as male or female, you don't identify as male or female, one of your partners doesn't identify as male and female, do you be, would you accept that you, know, that you are not the norm and that you I, are unconventional? Yes, I would totally agree with that. Well, then is that fair to pass that on to your children and for them in turn to end up with an unconventional lifestyle? Is, is, that, a, is that fair? 
every family that is not white and physically abled and rich and Christian is going to stand out some way in Western society currently. I don't think it is appropriate to blame families for being minority. No, I'm not blaming your family for being a minority. What I'm saying is that what what the way you live your lifestyle wouldn't be the norm, and it wouldn't be you know everybody's cup of tea. And a lot I of people, agree. I'm sure you have, I'm sure you've been ridiculed by by some people, and a lot of people have respected you. But what I'm saying to you is, is it fair then to bring your own children up and raise your own children to end up with a similar lifestyle to yourself, which would be generally speaking unconventional? Is that do you think that's okay? I don't think I dictated my child, Hazel, to identify as transgender. I think I've just accepted that they do, which I would do regardless but of whatever did. my identity was. But you did, Harry. If I was cisgender, I would not have made different choices. But you did I, dictate fact, your child. You did, because for the very fact that you didn't label your child a boy or a girl, you have dictated to your child that your child is non-binary and hence, oh, no. you know, changes their, no, their I, gender. I don't believe Pharaoh is non-binary. I believe Pharaoh is anti-gender which means that they don't have a gender at all. The whole point of the issue is that, say, uh, you know, a child has a, a vulva, that could mean that they would be a girl, but it also could mean they wouldn't be. And also more so, even if a child with a vulva identifies as a girl, being raised using they, them pronouns or being raised in a gender-neutral environment, even if she and he, her is used, helps remove the pressure to hyper-perform femininity while growing up. Cisgender children, as you might call them, or children, you know, who identify children, as boys. Children, I call them, yes. And, yeah. Well, yeah, children who have penises and identify as boys, children with vaginas who identify as girls, also benefit from being told that they don't have to only like sports if they're a boy and only like, you know, art if they're a girl, that they are allowed to be emotional if they're a boy, that they're allowed to exemplify physical strength if they're a girl. Those sort of unpacking of stereotypes benefit children of all identities. But when you say, see, what confuses me is when you say children who identify as a boy, children who identify as a girl, I don't use the term identify as. I use the term that children who are boys, children who are girls, because for me, gender is something that's associated to our sexuality when we're born or our sex when we're born. And that's the conventional way that I think and probably the way the majority of people think and the way you're thinking is unconventional in a sense. But I mean, I, I agree that what I do is not the normal usage of the term. But I agree that saying identify as can be quite toxic, because regardless of what a child's genitalia is, that child is a boy or is is a girl or is non-binary. I don't think that identify is totally necessary. I feel like you're right; it can be invalidating in some contexts. And is it fair to expect the rest of the world, the other ninety-eight percent of the world, to respect the pronouns? that people want to have. Like, for example, and, and to the extreme, I'm not talking about you, but to the extreme, there was a story in the mail uh, the other day about a transgender woman, uh, obviously born a man, a transgender woman, who now wants to identify as a transgender alien. He surgically has had his nipples removed and his eyebrows removed and wants to be recognised as an alien. Now, I mean, the point I'm trying to make is I'm not suggesting you are going down that route, but I'm saying... Is there a point where, you know, we're not happy with what we have and we're going too far and it gets to a point where we're almost abusing human beings? Um, I don't think it would be abuse to let someone self-identify. As an alien? Uh, I don't know the details of what accommodations that person would expect uh, while identifying as an alien. But Ari, you use your common sense. Should anybody be allowed to legally identify as an alien? 
I don't think alien uh, seems to be a gender identity, so I don't really know. I don't think that species identity, whether it's human or otherwise, I'm not... We are human, aren't we? We are human beings. Uh, I, I identify as a human. Yes, uh, you don't I'm identify as a human, Ari. You are a human being. I'm a human being. We're all human beings. We're living on the planet Earth. I agree. <laughs> I am a human. We, we don't have to use That's the term true. identify. We, we know we're human beings. There's nothing else on this planet unless we're an animal, of course, then we're running around a field with a tail. Is that so we all identify as human beings. So to even use the term identify as a human being, surely that's bizarre. I think that it's a linguistic semantics that we will have to disagree on. <laughs> all right. Okay. And do you think the fact, you know, that obviously you're part of the LGBT community, we only tend to see, with the exception of the odd few celebrities who I believe are doing it for coolness and trendiness, we only seem to see this happening in LGBT families where we have, you know, uh, transgender parents or non-binary parents or whatever it happens to be, and then uh, hence have children who are either transgender or non-binary. Do you think this is just more prominent in the LGBT community? And is that acceptable or is that fair? Do you think that children well, who are in, with LGBT actually, parents are destined to be like that? Most of the transgender people I know who are adults had cisgender parents. Well, that would be because and generational, and, yes. And most, most of the transgender children I know also have cisgender parents. While I do know transgender parents who have transgender children, they are by no means the majority. And I actually heavily network with people who are trans who have trans children. So I know the, more than most people, and they are a minority within the generation of people who have children that are transgender. Most children who are transgender currently have cisgender parents. And what happens, just finally, what happens when your children get older and they're in high school and they're, you know, 16, 17 years of age and there's going to be uh, dressing rooms or, um, I don't know, team sports where there will be obviously girls and boys isolated for, I suppose, privacy reasons, you know, and, and having their, you know, to be, have their own dignity. Will it be acceptable for a person who is non-binary or identifies as a girl to walk into a girl's dressing room with a penis? From a, from a dignity point of view or a privacy point of view, is that acceptable? Well, I would say that by the time Sparrow is 16, they will have articulated their gender to us, I would think. Okay, so let's, so say, I, let's I, say, let's just say for argument's sake that Sparrow was born a boy, you know, in the world that I live in, okay? And you don't have to accept that, obviously. So let's say Sparrow was born a boy and Sparrow has a penis. When Sparrow is 16 and Sparrow identifies as a girl, <clears throat> which is fine if Sparrow wants to do that, should Sparrow be able to walk into a girl's dressing room? I believe that people should be allowed to use the dressing room that makes them feel safest because as long as the dressing room is being used appropriately, no one's looking at each other's genitalia. And do you think that for parents, and I know there was a big mass walkout in a school in the UK for this very reason, that a 17-year-old boy identified as a girl, and parents of the girls in that school uh, basically had a walkout because they said it was unfair because they didn't think like that, they didn't agree with that, and they believed that their daughter's dignity and privacy was being sacrificed? Well, I'd, I would disagree with that. Hmm. Look, it's an interesting conversation. I'd be, uh, to be honest with you, I'm probably just as confused as I was at the very start. Uh, I do respect your your position. Uh, I, I don't obviously have to respect the whole idea and the notion of it because I'm old and footy and 55 years of age. I'm quite conservative. Uh, but listen, I wish you well and I wish your children well as well. Well, thank you. I would say that I totally respect and understand that it does take time to process, which is why I go on Facebook and, and engage the conversation on my Facebook page. So feel free to find me on Azari Not Sorry on there okay. if you have follow-up questions. Thank okay. you.